0: Hello and welcome to the Accountability Coach podcast where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and your ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today we have a special guest with us who is going to share her very valuable insight and ideas about the value of sleep and being healthy and how getting enough quality sleep helps us be even more productive to help you achieve your goals and even accelerate the achievement of your goals. Tanessa Shears is a kinesiologist, a certified sleep science coach, and a health consultant who helps entrepreneurs optimize their health, their focus, and productivity through science-based strategies and biohacking. She works closely with business owners to implement effective sleep, nutrition, movement, and stress resiliency strategies to eliminate brain fog and improve their overall well-being. Welcome, Tanesa. I appreciate you joining us.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, as you probably know, I like to get right into the meat of things. So how does sleep affect our ability to show up consistently as an effective entrepreneur so we can get done what we need to do in order to grow our business and take it to the next level.
1: Yeah, I mean, anybody that's woken up on either a fragmented sleep or, you know, where they stayed up a little too late at night, we know that our brains just don't work at their best. We don't have clear thinking. We have struggle staying focused. We have that experience of brain fog, and we just can't get through things as quick as can. So what would normally maybe take us Two or three hours to do is now taking four or five because our brains aren't able to make decisions quickly and think as fast. So what this ends up doing is compromising the amount of time something should take because our brains just aren't operating at peak capacity. So that when we don't take care of our sleep, our brains don't work. And when our brains don't work, we can't show up in our businesses in a way that moves us forward.
0: Okay, so you mentioned brain fog. Do you know what exactly is causing us to wake up with that brain fog? Yeah, brain fog is one of those really interesting ones where it's
1: not like you could walk into a doctor's office and be like, what is this? What's going on with my brain? Because it's a collection of symptoms. And it's kind of those things we talked about where it's like you're forgetting simple little things like you go to sit down to write your email and you can't remember what the topic you want to write the email about is, or, you know, you find that you're so easily distracted by your phone or an extra browser tab you have open, and you you struggle with making decisions, and you feel very easily overwhelmed, and you just feel that ongoing sense of fatigue. And this brain fog is usually caused by inflammation. And this inflammation is coming from one of three different spots. And these are the spots that I like to highlight. And it's either not getting enough sleep or having that sleep that you are getting be poor quality. It comes from the food we eat. And it comes from stress that has gone unchecked, and we are not managing effectively. And all those things together usually are, we're experiencing usually at least two of the three of them are contributing to that brain fog that's slowing us down.
0: Wow. So how do we, I guess, find out if we have some kind of inflammation in our system that is causing us to do brain fog? Can you help us out with that?
1: Yeah, so I would just ask yourself, like, does it feel like a struggle to stay at your desk? And does it feel like a struggle to stay focused? Or are you finding that you're waking up and you feel like you need all this coffee to kickstart you and to get you going? Or do you find that you're having like this weird crash in the afternoon where you just don't have that ability to stay focused throughout the afternoon and you get to your evening and you're just wiped out and you'd love to have time to go on family walks or maybe do a workout or you know, catch up on a book that you'd really want, but you're so exhausted that all we have the energy for is just to zone out and escape in front of the TV or scroll on Instagram or whatever the social media tactic is. And like, I know that there's nothing wrong with those things, but often we're using them to escape how tired we are feeling. And so if you're like thinking about your day and you're just like, I don't have the energy that I want to have or that I need to have to do the things I want in my life, There's usually some type of inflammation creeping in. And if you can say you're waking up tired, if you know that you grab fast, easy food during the day that maybe not is the best of nutritional value, or you know that you just have this like chronic level of stress that you just don't have the time to find out what you need to do to deal with it properly, there's a good chance that you're struggling with the inflammation that we're talking about.
0: Okay. So how do you recommend that we get back an extra hour of productivity every day with sleep? So
1: it goes back to that first question we were talking about with how fast can we get our brain to work? And is your brain working at peak capacity? Now, I want you to consider this. There's something fascinating that happens called baseline resetting. It's when we have been At a certain level of sleep, let's say we're only getting six and a half hours of time of sleep, and you've been getting that day after day, week after week. After a while, all of a sudden, it seems normal, and we don't actually think that we're missing out on something. But you know those days where you catch up on a really good night of sleep, and you're just like, oh, this feels so good. I feel so energized. I'm in a good mood. That's when you're getting a little window into this idea that you could be feeling and working so much better, but you've been accustomed to slowing down. So I want you to think about that slowed down brain that you're now taking into your business. Now, what if instead you were able to take in a brain that? made decisions very quickly and that you could stay focused. Like, what would your work be like if you weren't distracted and you could just get one task done in the amount of time you allotted for it? And so many of us, we have tasks that get bumped off the to-do list, bumped onto the next day because we find that we're just so overwhelmed or we don't have the perfect way to organize our schedule. But if you are able to get done in the amount of time that you want to get something done and you don't lose that time, to distractions and fatigue and getting snacks and stuff like that, that is where you get that extra hour of time back. Because if it normally takes you six hours and it takes you five, you now have this hour left where you get to work on a project that you've always wanted. Or maybe that's where you put your workout that you haven't been getting to. So I kind of like to come at health from this idea of if our brains work better, we don't need to spend so much time on the tasks because we can get through them quicker. And that's when the door opens for all of the time that we can give to our other areas of our
0: health. So how do we know if our bodies are getting enough sleep for us to perform at an optimal level? So there's two
1: ways that I like to check. Number one, if you didn't set an alarm clock in the morning, would you keep sleeping? If the answer is yes, it probably means that you didn't get enough sleep the night before. So this just means that we are having to artificially terminate sleep to begin our day instead of our body naturally waking us up when we have accumulated the right amount of quality and the right length of sleep for us to function optimally. And the other really good test is on the weekends. If you sleep in two, three, even more hours than that, That is another good sign that you're probably not getting enough sleep because what can happen, especially as busy entrepreneurs, if we're going through the week and we're, you know, getting by on six and a half, seven hours of sleep, but we're not really getting the sleep that we need, we rack up something called a sleep debt. Right? And this debt carries. And if you find that you need all this extra sleep on the weekend, what is just happening is you are paying off that sleep debt. So those are two great signs that you might not be getting as much sleep or as quality sleep as we think we are.
0: I know that for me, I know I wasn't getting enough sleep. So I ended up getting the aura ring to really prove to myself that I really wasn't getting enough sleep at night because my focus is, yeah, I need to have the sleep so I can perform at an optimal level, but I didn't know for sure what I was getting and how well of sleep or not I was getting. Was it just light sleep? Was it deep sleep? What do you recommend people do to help them really figure this out?
1: I love that you mentioned the aura Ring. I also have one. And if your listeners are like, what is an aura Ring? It's a ring that you wear that tracks so many metrics. And including your sleep, it attracts your activity, it tracks your breathing, it tracks your body temperature. And so many of these metrics can really give us a good idea of if our bodies are performing optimally or not. And so your question was like, how do I know I'm getting enough sleep? Like, what are the things that I look at? Well, we want to see... I think number one is that we are getting enough quality sleep, and on average, that's going to look like a minimum of an hour in deep sleep, and deep sleep is when we get that physical body restoration. That's when we recover from our workouts, a long day sitting at our desk, our brain gets a bath, so to speak, in spinal fluid to kind of clear off some of the metabolites a day during that uh, accumulate during the day, so we want about an hour in that. That's equivalent to at least 15% of your night. The other big component when we sleep is something called REM sleep. That's when we're dreaming. So we want to be spending at least 90 minutes dreaming or about 20% of our night. Now, REM sleep is what I call entrepreneurial gold. And the reason for this is because while we are dreaming, our ability to solve problems is enhanced. And as an entrepreneur, the size and the quality of the problem you can solve is directly related to how successful your business is, right? And on top of that, your ability to read facial expressions and body gestures gets better when you have enough REM sleep. Now, if you're in any type of consulting or coaching position or you're dealing with a team, it is important to be able to pick up the social cues, especially when you're coaching, like when your clients are feeling resistant or they're really excited about something, like being able to read those things makes you a better coach. And lastly, getting enough REM sleep helps you be able to, to manage your emotions. I mean, we've all woken up from a funky sleep and felt a little snappy and irritated the next day. Well, when you get enough REM sleep, your ability to manage your emotions and stay even keel is, is way better. And we've all received, you know, emails that'll send us off into an anxiety spiral or we get a message from a family member with an emergency during the middle of our day. Like, I want to be able to recover from that and get back into work. And if I don't get enough REM sleep, I can't do that. And that's where we start losing even more time in our business. So an hour in deep, an hour and a half in REM are kind of like those minimum baselines that I like to look for for quality sleep.
0: Well, I think I'm doing pretty good then on average. I get about two and two in those groups. So (laughs) I must be doing something right. Sounds like you have a good sleep then. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about three simple shifts that we all can make. To really help us enhance our sleep quality.
1: Yeah, the first one is going to sound so simple, but it's going to make the biggest difference. It's going to bed at the same time every night. And the reason for this is we have a clock that governs our body. Everything from when our hormones uh, pulse to when they are turned off. To when our temperature goes up and when our temperature goes down. Like so many systems. And this is called your circadian rhythm, and it governs our overall alertness, our energy, and our health. And when we're constantly going to bed at different times, we actually put our body into a state of inflammation and what we call social jet lag. Our social schedule, meaning if we go out or watch TV or go to bed early, our social schedule is giving our body the physical experience of jet lag. Now, when we're constantly fluctuating the time we go to sleep, this affects how much time we get to spend in deep and REM sleep because our body is constantly trying to adjust when to drop our body temperature, when to produce more melatonin, so that these things can all act together to give you good sleep. So bedtime at the same time, on time. And this is, of course, on weekends too, but not to be robots. We want to allow a little flexibility. So I always say if we can aim for five to six nights a week doing this, that's great. We want to have social lives and everything too, but we're also looking at what is the detriment that we are experiencing during the week and is this a good trade-off. The second thing is looking at the light in our environment. Now, I want you to think about this. Let's go back before electricity was a thing indoors. The only time we knew what was whether it was day or night was to look outside. And in the evening when the sun sets, it comes low in the sky, it goes orange and red, and it gets very dim as the sun sets. That lighting actually is potent information for our brain, and it cues our brain to start producing melatonin and winding down so we can have effective sleep. Now, we do have indoor electricity, and a lot of that light is very bright, and it's white and blue on the spectrum, which is telling our brain it's the middle of the day. We should probably stay wide awake. Now, what I want you to think about doing is, can I mimic a sunset with my indoor lighting? What would that look like? That would look like turning off bright overhead lights and turning on lower table lamps. So we're mimicking the sun dropping in the sky. Can we switch to yellow and orange and warm lights instead of those bright white fluorescent pot lights we all have in our kitchen and our bathroom? And then can we really look at dimming? Like, do we have things on a dimmer switch? Are we able to dim it? So a good example of this is in my bedside table, I actually have an incandescent orange light bulb. So anytime we're in our bedroom, my brain is being told it's time to wind down and that sets me up for great sleep. The last one is actually to do with temperature. So temperature and light are two things that also affect our circadian rhythm, that body clock we talked about before. Now, when it comes to temperature, we often like to think, oh, cozy, warm, bundle up. And especially me. I mean, I'm in Canada right now. It's March, and it's still a little bit cool. So we naturally want to jump on the heating pads, sit by the fireplace, warm up. But this can actually counteract our body's ability to wind down. So we actually want to think, cool down a little bit before bed. This might mean removing a layer. This means maybe removing the heating pads and allowing our core temperature to drop so that we can go into restful sleep. So to sum it up, to bed on time at the same time as often as possible, we want to mimic a sunset with our lights. And then we also want to think about the temperature, allowing our body to cool because that's one of those things that contributes to melatonin production, which helps with high quality sleep.
0: Now, I've heard of people, you know, the night owls, the people who like to work until the wee hours and then but don't get up until the morning, which is typically, I believe, opposing the circadian rhythm. How do you handle that? So what you're talking about is a really interesting thing. It may have more to do with chronotype.
1: Now, the field of chronobiology studies how everyone's individual body follows a unique body clock. And there is a gene that we have, and the length of this gene actually determines morningness or eveningness. So I know for me, like, I am up at 5, usually 5.15 every day, but I wake up without an alarm clock ready to go. That is my chronotype. So that's kind of why this whole idea of the 5 a.m. club or waking up early might not necessarily be for everyone. So there are multiple chronotypes you can have. You can have an early bird, you can have what we like to just call, like, the average person, you know, goes to bed at 11, wake up seven kind of thing. And then you have your late night owls, people that will go to bed at midnight and one. So the interesting thing is, according to research, only 15 to 20 percent of the population actually falls into that genetic late night chronotype. So I've had a client as an example, and she uh, very much was like, no, I, I'm a late night person. Just trust me. And then what we ended up doing by altering some of the activities that were in her evening routine Those activities were stimulating her brain to believe it was the middle of the day, feeding her brain information, keeping her nice and warm, staring into screens. All of these habits tricked her brain into thinking it was daytime. So she just didn't get tired. But when we removed a lot of those habits, she started discovering that she was falling asleep at 1030 or 11. So there's two parts to that, that to answer that question. It's there is a genetic chronotype that some people have. But for a lot of people, it's just the habits that are enforcing that late night because their brain is not turning off.
0: We'll be back after a quick break. Ever wonder what it's like to
1: mix business with pleasure? Then welcome to Happy Hour Holidays, where every episode is a celebration of stories, insights, and laughter. Join us, Sean and Manny Fabre, as we chat with fascinating guests from all walks of life, sharing their stories, uncovering secrets to success, and of course, enjoying a good laugh over a drink or two. So if you love engaging stories and a touch of humor, hit subscribe and dive into Happy Hour Holidays. Your adventure starts now.
0: So a chronotype is if I'm hearing you correctly then, is really a gene that's within us to determine this. Is that correct? Yes, it's called the P E R three gene. Okay. That's very interesting. I didn't I've never heard of that one. That's pretty cool. Yeah
1: it's a really cool field of study it it, uh, it kind of puts a, a damper on the idea of the 5 a.m. Club which is um, that's kind of why I think like we all just have to really discover our natural productivity rhythms and when our brain is most optimized to do deep work and to sleep and once we find that like I very much used to try to go to bed at 11 and wake up at 730 because that just seemed optimal but when I started recognizing that if I went to bed at 9 and woke up at 5 5:15, I feel so much better and it didn't feel like I was kind of working against this biology of mine, and I didn't feel like I was fighting myself so often, and it just became really effortless to get a good sleep and wake up really well rested. So it's kind of a neat neat, neat thing that I happen to find that I use with clients now to make such a big difference.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I've always been a morning person. I mean, I naturally wake up between four and five. I used to wake up at four o'clock on the nose every day without an alarm, and I don't ever set an alarm. <laughs> So I got that uh, internal alarm is working well. <laughs> it was working actually way too well, I think almost. So let's talk about um, biohacking. So what mm-hmm. is biohacking and why is it relevant to entrepreneurs and their productivity?
1: Biohacking is one of these things I'm gonna tell right now. I wouldn't go and Google it because there are con- different things at different ends of the spectrum. So you could definitely find like uh, people being having these shoes that connect to the earth and there's people injecting stem cells and everything like that. But biohacking truly in its essence is our ability to do self-experimentation with the outcome being longevity, health, focus, vitality, energy. And this can be on the other end of the spectrum too where we're just looking at things like sleep and how can we optimize our bedroom so that we can have more sound sleep. So biohacking is a very wide spectrum of activities, and I always think, let's meet ourselves where we're at. So how is this relevant to entrepreneurs? Well, the way that I use biohacking is always looking at return on investment. So we talked about the aura ring earlier. How I use an aura ring with myself and with my clients is to determine if the changes that we are making are worth the effort and the energy we put in. I want a bigger return out if my energy, my focus, and my health, then I put in return on investment. And that's a concept entrepreneurs understand to their core. If you're running a Facebook ad, if you're trying out a type of post, we're looking at are you getting an output for the input and does it make sense for that trade off? So, I mean, if we look online, there's a thousand health habits that we all should be doing and we get very overwhelmed at having all of this to do but what if we just looked at what worked for you? So for example, if I start turning screens off 60 minutes before bed, do I have an improvement in my minutes of deep sleep or my minutes of dream sleep? You're very easy able to say after a couple of days, Yes, this made a difference, or no, it didn't, because we all have full schedules. The last thing we want to be doing is devoting our energy to all of these different health habits, having no idea what works, and then just feeling like we can't keep up with it all and quit. So with biohacking specifically, I like to look at the outcomes that I am achieving on a week by week basis for every health habit that I start and seeing what actually has the best return on the investment of time that I put into that habit.
0: Okay. Let's talk about those people that wake up in the middle of the night and their brain turns on got to do this, got to do that, got to do this. You know, you know the routine, right? I'm sure you've heard it a million times, (laughs) you know, from your clients as well. So how do you help them really go back to sleep to help continue their good sleep so that they can wake up in the morning feeling rested?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. I think what I like to look at first is why are we waking up in the first place? And so to answer that question, there's, there's honestly, I could name about 10 reasons people wake up in the middle of the night, but the two that are the most common, especially among entrepreneurs, is number one. There is no wind down routine in place that is designed to gear down their energy before bed to disengage from light and social media and TV and input and reading business books before bed. So our cortisol levels never really get to lower off before sleep and that's resulting in us waking up later in the night. And the second reason actually has to do with our blood sugar. So our blood sugar is a lot less stable at night than it is during the day. And blood sugar is just a fancy word for when we eat food, specifically different types of carbohydrates and some protein. The sugar enters our blood. And when those levels go up and down, it can disrupt our sleep. So what I often find is by making a few simple changes to the way we eat before bed and how long we leave in the gap between bed, it can actually stop those wake-ups altogether. So sometimes I will see a client who has like a giant plate of spaghetti for dinner or they'll have a very heavy processed like pizza or something like that and they'll be up all night. So what we usually look at doing is when we're looking at our plate, is it primarily protein, vegetables? Is there a healthy fat in there? And is there a moderate amount of carbohydrate? So something like rice or quinoa or sweet potatoes. And we're really looking at making sure that we are not eating foods that are causing our blood sugar to swing up because they will stay up during the night and that usually increases cortisol and that's one thing that's waking us up. Now, to answer the other part of your question, like what the heck am I doing when I wake up? There is a really cool breathing technique called the physiological sigh. Now, we've all seen this in real life. If you've ever watched a kid cry, at the end of their crying, they'll go like this. (laughs) That's actually a reflex. And so what it is designed to do is to help calm the body. So when we are waking up and our brains are going through our to-do lists and they have so much to think about and worry about and plan and did I check this and oh, I have to call this person. What I want you to try doing is this and I'm going to explain it and then you're going to hear it and then I want you to try it tonight. So I am going to take a maximal breath in through my nose As deep as I can and then I'm gonna take a smaller breath in at the top so just to maximally fill up my lungs then I am going to have a very long exhale through my mouth so it sounds like this and it would be a very long exhale because what happens is our heart rate increases when we breathe in and it decreases when we breathe out. So if we can start extending the amount of time that we breathe out, our heart rate will lower. If you cycle through this three to four times, your heart rate will lower and you will disengage from fight or flight. And it is one of the best ways to help begin that process of falling back asleep at night.
0: That's awesome. I actually interviewed a lady, Kimberly Faith, about breath work on one of my podcasts and found that to be super interesting. Part of what she talks about is breathing and and how you can really take advantage of that, especially when you're winding down or, or at night. So I love that concept. That's fantastic. So give us an idea about, we talked about eating food before we go to sleep. How many hours do you recommend we finish eating before we would go to sleep, for example? So it helps us reduce, you know, the impact of that.
1: This, uh, this range is a range for a reason, because different people I find are react differently depending on how far or how close they eat to bed, but the guideline in general, I always like to say between two and four hours before bed. The sweet spot for me is about three and a half hours. And I usually find with clients, it's somewhere in that two and a half to three hour range and trying to eat within there. And if you're in that position now where you're like, oh my gosh, I eat like half an hour before I go to bed, which a lot of my clients do because they're either working late or the kids just got to bed or they're settled in for a movie and they grab some popcorn or something like that. I always like to say like this, okay, can we work this back half an hour at a time. So I had a client and he would be eating, usually he, they were healthy snacks. They were things like apples and carrots and stuff like that, but he'd be eating them at about 8.30 or 9 and have a bedtime of 10. And he was constantly waking up in the middle of the night. So once I asked him to eliminate that snack and instead eat more for dinner if he was actually hungry, uh, his middle of the night wake-ups started decreasing and decreasing until they just went away altogether. So two to three hours, I would say, is a goal to play with and see what works best.
0: Any other great words of wisdom to help us really manage and be more effective with our sleep so we can be more effective with our work? I think it's part of what we are what we talked about when we said the aura
1: ring has given us both so much information because one of the biggest mistakes that I see across the board is when people assume their sleep is fine or they say I get good sleep. Um, I actually just did a consultation last week with a woman and she was like, my sleep is fine. And I was like, but how do you know? And she's like, well, I'm in bed at 930 and I'm up at 530 and that's eight hours. And when I was asking more questions, it came to light, she's like, you know, but I've been tired for the last five years. And I was like, interesting, because there's this thing that goes on that we don't know in our sleep is we are naturally awake for a certain amount of time during the sleep. Like our brain is awake while we are falling asleep. If you wake up for any reason, either to use the washroom or somebody wakes you up, our brains sometimes wake up between sleep cycles and there's that amount of time that your brain is awake before you actually fully wake up in the morning and get out of bed. And if I add that up, all those four components and how often we're awake, the average client I work with is awake about an hour, 15 minutes a night. So if you're giving yourself seven, seven and a half hours in bed thinking that you're getting seven hours of sleep, if you subtracted an hour to an hour and a half off, are you still getting that? And the answer is no. So like we talked about at the beginning with that baseline resetting happened, we tell ourselves we're getting enough sleep, our body adjusts to the underperforming and we don't even notice it anymore and we never think to question, am I actually getting enough sleep? Am I actually getting as much as I think I am? So I always like to invite anyone, like one of the best tools that you can invest in your brain and your business is some way to see what's going on, and I love the aura Ring for that.
0: Yeah, when I realized that, I I thought to myself, I'm in bed two hours longer than I'm actually sleeping. I mean, that's ridiculous, but it's important
1: information to have. Right, because so many people were like, yeah, I'm in bed seven hours. Well, if if you're awake an hour, you're now actually sleeping six hours and you have that cognitive performance decline. And so then we circle back to that. What we talked about at the beginning, it's just like, how can I cut out an hour in my day and make my brain work faster? Well, it's by getting enough sleep. And so I think being able to see what's going on really gives you the tools you need to be able to make your workday more efficient.
0: And speaking of tools, I think you mentioned to me at one point that you have some kind of a course about uh, biohacking secrets.
1: Yeah, it is a free three-part mini course called Three Biohacking Secrets to Optimize Your Sleep and Boost Your Energy. And it is for entrepreneurs. And the entire program is all about taking control of your health and maximizing that productivity so that you can show up to your business with clear and focused thinking. And it's completely free. It's at tanessashears.com forward slash Biohacking. So that is a great resource as well as my podcast, Becoming Limitless.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate your very valuable time that you shared with us today. And hopefully, more people will be getting even more sleep so they can be at optimal levels and increase their business success as well.
1: I love that. Sleep for the win. <laughs>
0: yeah, sleep <laughs> for the win. I like that. Let's coin that one. I like it. Thanks so again. Thank you. Well, my hope for our time together with Tenessa is that you got value in an idea or two that will help you be even more successful, personally and professionally. Feel free to share my podcast with others, as it can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries, and of course, on accountabilitycoach.com. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. Want more proven business success tips and resources? Subscribe to my blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always remember to aim for what you want each and every single day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening.